Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Cheaters. Welcome to the Alice Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Good. Nice to be talking with you, Joshua. After game week 14, it's done and dusted. Pop that one in the bin. Uh, <laughs> but clean, you know, whether it was good, mm-hmm. a good one, a bad one. Sometimes it's fine just to have Saturday and Sunday clean for fixtures. Through Looking through the schedule to the World Cup. No Friday or Monday kickoffs. Mm-hmm. I think this hurts the ad sales team, personally. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there's going to be so much talk about, like, fixture pileup and uh, the crowded schedule ahead of, like, we're, we're just 20 days away from the World Cup kicking off. Uh, but it's good to know that we can just focus our FPL energies just to Saturday and Sunday. I mean, is this your preferred mode of confining a, an FPL game week just two days? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It, like FPL classic. I mean, there, there's something to be said, you know, it's like Coca-Cola classic, Brandon. There's something to be said for the the old ways. Uh, I mean, I love the festive fixtures as much as anybody, you know, that and that we'll, we're getting those. It's it, I, I heard some some anecdote about um, after the Arsenal match today, a bunch of the supporters were saying like, um, you know, happy holidays to uh, their fellow um, supporters in the stands because it's Arsenal's last home match. Until the <laughs> until they resume after wow. the World Cup, so they yeah. won't see anybody until after Christmas Day. You know, I can't remember if they they play on Boxing Day or the day after, whatever. But you know, December twenty sixth is when uh, the Premier League you know resumes after the Premier League you know you know after, after the World Cup break. So for anyone who doesn't know, we've got two match weeks left, right? This upcoming Saturday, the following you know this upcoming weekend, the following weekend, and then we have this break. I believe it's six full weeks for the World Cup. No Premier League during that time. A one-week break from the World Cup final to the resumption of Premier League matches on Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. So that's it. It is going to be like, you know, so like, yeah, enjoy these, these, you know, the the Premier League classic uh, for you know the next two weeks because you're <laughs> yeah, about to get daily World FPL Cup. FPL <laughs> 2 is coming for you. Yeah, FPL 2 cri- Crystal you. FPL. Oh, and, and the World Cup and, you know, here in the U.S., those, these matches are going to be on at 8 a.m., 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. I believe those are the three windows. So, I mean, you know, I mean, God help like the soccer fanatics slash football fanatics here in the U.S. because I'm supposed to work. I have a nine to five job (laughs) that's going to take place during all of these. All of these matches going to be very intense. And uh, I mean, I I, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, the big the big highlight for me is the uh, England U.S. match, which is the Friday after Thanksgiving here in the U.S., which is just, you know, I feel like that's good for the U.S. men's team. Right. They know that everyone is off work that day, you know, practically, you know, it's, it's a great, it's, it's, a, it's like, a, it's like a holiday here in the U S and so sure. in theory, we should all be watching that game. It's our, it's our, you know, American duty to, to root for the U S in that one. You're not super stoked for Qatar, Ecuador, uh, the opening fixture, which is sure to be a, bar, a barn burner. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
They're all World Cup matches. Every yeah, exactly. Every single one has its own you know unique appeal. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm just really looking forward to uh, to the kickoff of that. And I think um, you know fantasy wise for me a, a real like holding ground week uh, finished on uh, 63 points. Um, I brought in Saka for um, for Will Zaha. It looked like it was going to be amazing. Gets an assist ten minutes of the match, and then. Uh, unfortunately, he gets injured, and then of course uh, the 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 player who replaces him, Reese Nelson, mm-hmm. hoovers up all of those Saka points. You know, so I, I by all rights yeah. I should get Reese Nelson's points in my fantasy team, but uh, you know I'll, I'll take it up with my lawyers and we'll see if we can you know get that arranged. But otherwise, it was uh, you know we, the the whole week was about the Holland drama. And that that came to a a thud very quickly. At least they were the first match to play this weekend. It was sort sure. of like we you knew by the time I woke up in the morning, you know, it was like okay, Holland Holland is not available for this one. Um, and that was that ended up being fine. I you know I had Salah as my vice captain. He got um, a goal, so fine. Seven you know seven points doubled. Um, and uh, yeah, Ben White, who I brought in two weeks ago, has been um, you know just already like, very terrific. You know, terrific on my team. And uh, mm-hmm. it was one of those weeks where I actually have like a pretty good score. And I was like, why don't I like, why don't I have a green arrow right now? <laughs> and I think right. it was, um, you know, there's a couple like um, a couple high, like relatively high ownership players. Kevin De Bruyne uh, finished on 11 points. Uh, Callum, the truth, Wilson finished, on, I think, 19 points. Uh, and his ownership player. is sort of creeping up there a little bit. And then, yeah. uh, and then you know, Nick Pope gets a clean sheet as well. And he's pretty highly on us. I think those were the. Those are the spots, and I, I was surprised to see. You don't um, think Almiron had anything to do with that? A little Miggy coming Al- up big again. Almiron a little bit too. Maybe, maybe you know, there's enough Man United supporters out there. They must have a lot of, uh, you know, defenders in their in their squad. You know, Diego Dallo I think finished on nine points for the game week, so yeah. that was that was a big one too. So that you know, I'm getting mine out of the way really quickly because you know, there are weeks when things don't go well. And, you know, it's like a couple things go off and you're just like, ah, like you're, it puts you in a bad mood. And there's weeks where things really don't work out and it's like all you can do is laugh. Right. And I feel like that's sort of where you are with with the, with the wild card. I did a proof of life check before we started this pod. Sure. Uh, just do you how much do you want to talk about it? You know, is it like uh, do we should, we should we glide right by it or should we like really, you know, get into it here? It's, well, it's up to you. I don't think we need to get into it because I think here's the problem. It's it's not terribly interesting. Um, it's just kind of uh, it's not fun for me. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah. you say you have to laugh, but certainly on Saturday I felt like my FPL back was broken a bit. Coming off a wild card, a handful of things happened. Like I went for my Phil Foden draft as opposed to my De Bruyne draft, so. I wake up at 7.30 in the morning in New York and see that neither Holland or Foden are starting. So that's a distinct go-back-to-bed situation. Uh, And then Keppa is my wildcard goalkeeper. That was a disaster. Further trolled by Trossard, vice-captaincy on Harry Kane, who gets a one-pointer and... I mean, we, we need to talk a little bit more about Spurs and what's what's going on there. Yeah, it was meltdown territory uh, on Saturday. Sunday, I had a bit of a bounce back because I did have both Saka and Martinelli along with Saliba, who gets a bonus point, as well as, um, as Rashford. Rashford was a bit of a, you know, one of my one for me wildcard mm-hmm. picks. And 
scored a beautiful goal. Like there was this angle from Christian Eriksen's cross, like the camera angle from behind Eriksen as the ball floats into the 18 yard box and Rashford, like a, like a predatory bird comes out of, out of the left field of the frame to hammer the ball into the goal. Um, He looks different. That was really the highlight. Yeah. His energy is like way, way up right over where it's been the last, uh, last couple of years. I'm curious to see where it goes from here because um, I guess Cristiano Ronaldo just got away with it, and I'm talking about his tantrum at Spurs, not anything else. Uh, He got away with that, and now I guess he just gets to start again. Um, Manchester United won, (laughs) but he was, again, you know, maybe United's worst player. And I mean, I, it, Rashford, it's like the Jesse Pinkman thing, right? Like with you know, he can't get can't keep away getting with away with this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess the reason why I flag it is like I don't want to beat the 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 dead CR seven horse, but um, does having this dead horse in the middle of the eighteen help Rashford? I I don't know if Ten Hag sees it this way because Rashford yeah. has spent a lot of time on the ball. He looked great, um, and how different does his performance against West Ham look if he is the number nine as opposed to off on the left? I don't know, but it's all good. Yeah. And um, I think like they still need a proper like, forward at some point, right? Like, I don't know if that's, yeah. that's not an easy thing to buy, but you, you think maybe like, you know, cause Anthony Martial had just lots of injury problems and nor is and, he and, a proper forward. I would argue. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Even yeah, I converted a uh, left winger. So yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, so I guess you guess you got four returns from four on Sunday. Sort of softens softens the blow a little bit. Yeah, um, but I wild carded and I doubled my my overall rank. So um, you know, you you have a moment where you spend weeks talking about, you know, this is my opportunity. <laughs> this is the this is the moment. Yeah. We're going to be positive, and you go uh, backwards, and yeah. it's very easy to see my team from last week or my team from the last 13 game weeks mm-hmm. and how much better it would have performed than my wild card. You know, so it's something you think a, a lot about and it's it's always with hindsight. Oh right, the t- the squad I had pre wild card. You know, this is um when things are going your way, you're like, well, I you know, I actually had all my players because I like them. Often you wild card because you have no other choice because all your players are injured or suspended or whatever. Yeah. I was not in that situation. And it is uh, game week 14, definitely a week where uh, I feel like my parents just uprooted the family and moved us across the country and I'm missing all of my friends right now. And <laughs> um, I just have to face the fact that this is where I live now with my new squad and I have yeah. no other choice but to make friends with Phil Foden. I mean, Phil Foden seems like a guy that I would never actually be friends with in real life, but no. uh, we ride this bus together now. There and are I times no when, you, when your beard is polished, you know, where I feel like you do have kind of like that, like the you could like like mentor him, like he's like the Kingsman guy, you know, and you're like the old <laughs> the old Kingsman, like the Mark Strong, I'm you like, know, character or Colin or Firth, perhaps Colin Firth, perhaps, yeah, exactly. And it's maybe that's where you guys would interact. You you would not be friends, but it's possible you could tutor him, you know, yeah. <laughs> like teach him the ways. Yeah, I do wonder if I would meet Phil and. Uh, 
discover that we had some strange common interest, like we were really both into uh, what would be what's something that I that I'm interested in that's that's kind of uh, strange. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, chore coats. You're really into those. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He, he, and, he me and Phil Foden could go to the Camden Markets and shop for vintage yeah. chore coats together. And we boots. Would just, you know, I'm I'm really going heavy on the clothes here, but it feels like those yeah. are the things that you guys get. Yeah. Beard wax. You know, he doesn't have a beard yeah. himself, but maybe his father does or something you know phil's got to trade in those puma tracksuits for some just vintage workwear and suddenly <laughs> me and him are two peas in a pod i like it york i don't know there's a lot of things you like brandon you know there's, there's a, lot, a lot of areas of connection i know it's funny when, <laughs> when you're on an fpl podcast with your friend uh it's almost like is this the only thing in the world that i like <laughs> And, um, it can't be like that. It can't be like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's kind of an open-ended question that I don't know if we'll discover anything throughout the course of this podcast of where I am coming out of this game week month, my wild card. I don't feel great about it, to be perfectly no. candid. Uh, and it's, Kepa's got to be replaced. Saka, um, yeah, who knows with say. him? Holland, Holland is I'm not same. feeling great about the Holland situation right now but i think i just have to soldier on right now i have no designs on taking a hit going into game week five i think the straightforward move is Saka to almiron rectify that mistake and play danny ward in goal and see what happens with keppa but both Saka and keppa both suffered from those uh these injuries aren't translating on broadcast television can't you yeah. guys just get on with it sorts of injuries yeah um, yeah that's true yeah but yeah it's d- disappointing and there were there were a few other you know, injuries weird. for sure and one one pointers galore i fretted about um mitrovic and fulham everton fulham worked so much the dominant team against everton yeah and this is the official hashtag credit to award does go to the everton defense so while they were on the back foot the entire match I thought they played the Everton defense played extremely well, but for Mitro to get one point was insane. Like you'll never see Mitro not hit the target. Oh uh, yeah, there and he, Harry uh, Kane with yeah. a one pointer. Uh, Spurs are uh, like it's harder for them to score a goal than it is Nottingham Forest. It, it would seem <laughs> it's like how do you come back two goals behind, score three goals, and me still not being convinced? I mean, I <laughs> yeah. know why, because I have cane-colored glasses on right now. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, Son is like, I, I was thinking when I was watching that match that Mo Salah being such a massive FPL disappointment this season, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I don't know, now he's, he scores, saves a lot of our game weeks with with his goal, but but certainly in general, that's true, giving his $13 million. But I feel like he's taken a lot of the heat off of Son, who I would say has been almost equally bad right like it's it's not more so yeah just more so i mean yeah like (laughs) empirically more so yes yeah that one one match week right he scores the hat trick off the bench like yeah okay you know it's like and then other otherwise he's been you know kind of i think he did get an assist right on one of the one of the goals today but still uh or yesterday but yeah it's well this is kind of this ties into our theme here a little bit brandon which is uh we want to do a little reset. We got two game weeks to go here, but also I just want to, you know, last week was, you know, we were deep into your wild card, very intense. You know, this week, <laughs> kind of deep into the wild card again, kind of intense too. Let's reset. Mm-hmm. Let's let's have some fun on this week's pod. We're going to answer one FPL question for all twenty teams. Okay, 
Now you okay. may you may find as we get near the we're going table order, Brandon. Okay, so Arsenal to to Forest. So you know the questions may get a little a little softer. You know there may be some softballs near the end, Brandon. But the, the you know we got some sure. hard hitting ones at the yep. at the top. You know we start off New York Times level reporting, and by the end mm-hmm. we're. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want the to sun. any other. Yeah, the sun. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's, let's see how this goes. We've actually never done this as a, as a theme in the pod before. So I'm looking forward to, to doing this. Um, and uh, just, uh, you know, I wanted to quickly, um, you know, I was going to say, though, Brendan, it, it's just funny because I felt like you were more tense on last week's pod. I mean, sometimes having the wild card and playing it is, you know, it's not that obviously you wanted it to go as well as possible, but there's a kind of stress in having the wild card. And at least like once you play it, there's a, at least now your decisions are much more binary, right? It's like, sure. I'm going to move, I'm going to make my one move. I'm not going to make a goalkeeper transfer. And like, you don't have mm-hmm. the sort of existential, like can, you know, will Kepa hold off, you know, um, Edder, you know, will, will he hold off, um, Mendy for the rest of the, you know, it's like all uh, of these sort Edderson, of questions please. that, please. Oh no. Yeah. Don't say yeah. that. I think I I'll be I'll I'll be negative here because uh, that's just the mood I'm in. But um, <laughs> you have the problem so with, far. <laughs> the problem with playing the wild card in game week 14 is I agree with you. There is a moment where you play the wild card. It's very stressful, and like suddenly the microscope is over every single player because you're trying to solve every single problem. And yeah. then, so what week did you play the wild card? Game week eight or something like this? Yes. Yep. Yes, eight. So you're you're you're. I th- I think it's fair to say you're far enough removed for that wild card that now you're you're in that binary that you're talking about. Yeah. I only have two more weeks to go. I feel like every decision I make for the into the World Cup will still be ref- me reflecting upon the harm that I've done to my season with that wild card. So it's. I will, yeah. and the only way then out of it is to play yeah. another quote unquote wild card with right. our unlimited transfers that we're going to get out of the World Cup. So I am going to be a little bit stained, a little bit triggered, a little bit yep. poisoned uh, for I don't know how long. I love uh, that as this <laughs> this this little box of podcasts started off with me complimenting you on your great attitude this week, and it has ended with you saying. For the rest of my life, I'm going to have to deal with the decisions yeah. that I've made, that I've come to. But you know what? It's it's honest. You're an honest lad. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the Kingsman could use more men like you. And uh, we'll talk later about um, sure. <laughs> oh, recruitment. Okay. I can't wait. I can't wait to get involved and get some kind of golden lasso or something like that. That's that's supreme. All right. Yeah. That, that's it. Let's let's look forward to these questions. But what what housekeeping do we have to do here first, Josh? Uh, very little. Uh, I wanted to thank the uh, thank them. Sure, or applaud them. Give them credit uh, to the, the the top managers in the Austrian and Super League. Uh, we had a th- Four-way tie for 10th, so I've listed them all here. Um, Artem Ermersen, Paul Edo, Stuart Tatchell, Luca Matreski. Those are all tied for 10th. In ninth place, we have Joshua Blumenstock. In eighth, Peter Svein. In seventh, Oliver Fennelly. In sixth, Sarah Edge. Brandon, I love when we have women in the uh, always cheating time absolutely we we, you know we not in a not in a like pandering way but just it's just great you know it's like uh, we we try to be um, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know oh, no, well, no, I, I, I get it. Like my wife has no interest in sport, but she, uh, watched some of the Manchester United West Ham match with me. And she asked about the, the rainbow colored captaincy armbands. And, you know, we, 
I talked to like, it's it's hard to imagine, but professional sports does try to focus, however cynical it, it may be, on inclusion. And inclusion is huge. This is a sport for everybody. And so when you see exactly uh, in our in our top table, see great managers from all sorts. That's great. I, I think yeah, exactly. That's a, it. Can be a very male dominated world. The world yep. of fantasy sports. Yep. You know, not not so much in the U.S. I feel like in the U.S. a lot of um, the NFL fantasy feels very. My, my mother came to visit me a while ago, and mm-hmm. she was going on about the, uh, the, the she co-manages a fantasy team with her cool um, boyfriend it's so weird that okay. my mom has a boyfriend but yes uh anyway let's move on uh yeah in, wow, that got weird uh, all right i love fifth, it though that's great fifth is uh i i can't actually read these characters brandon so i i it's just man united with a heart after it and then something in I believe it's in Arabic. So, it looks like um, Arabic, yeah. But yeah. question mark, Man United, Hart, Captain Salah this week, or, or probably Vice Captain, played a bench boost, which is obviously quite interesting yeah. to bump them up to nine, 903 points overall. Yeah, wanted to crack the top five of the AC Super League, I'm sure. Uh, Sveinig Arnensen in fourth. Third is Mark Jordan. Second is Rob Duncan. First is Graham McBlain. Uh, and also, Brian, we did our, our Patreon, uh, the, the month of October, We the, the high score in our Patreon league for this month got a free kit. Uh, you can pick anything out you want. And I believe our winner is in Australia. So uh, I wonder if we could be getting a, a Matty Ryan kit uh, sent over to him, Has Brandon. To be. Or yeah. Tim Cahill, maybe. Maybe Tim, throwback. Tim Cahill. Uh, congrats to the Clumsy Kangaroos, Jeremy Spiker. And Brandon, do you want to just give a quick shout out to um, our Patreon league? Or, or yeah, Patreon absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Jeremy is a part of our Patreon League. We have prizes uh, for various competitions there. If you want to get involved, it's a great way to thank me and Josh for what we do each week. And what you get in return is more FPL content. That includes uh, an extra ad-free podcast every week in which we talk much closer to the Game Week deadline, active uh, Slack chat, kind of the the town square for the always cheating community, lots of activity going on there, t-shirts at the higher tier. If you're interested in getting involved, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. We love to invite new supporters into the fold and we love to, uh, I just love to further embrace the people who've been here for a long time, Josh. I'm, I'm constantly embracing them. You can't stop yes. me from embracing your supporters. When you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Yeah>. When appropriate. <laughs> All right, Brad, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to answer one FPL question for all 20 Premier League teams. Be right back. All right, Brad, we're back. 20, F- 20 Premier League teams. It's very hard for me to say for some reason. Uh, there are 20 teams in the Premier League. That's a fact. It used to be 23. Yes. They lopped three off, I think, in the, like, 97, 98 era. Uh, So there are 20 now. And uh, (laughs) we're going to answer one question for all 20 of them. Let's see how this goes. Uh, I it's an it's an experiment. So come along with us on this this new this new journey. Uh, you know, Kings of the Game Week worked out well, right? So let's see how these. You know, let's let's, every year we should break out a couple new themes, right? so we're kicking things off, and some of these will be broad, some of them will be specific. I think the first one is a question I was, I feel like I've spent all season thinking about it, and especially today. Um, and the question is, is Gabriel Jesus actually worth owning in fantasy? <laughs> it's not cut and dry, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's emblematic of the striker uh, discussion we've been having all season. And I feel like on the whole, 
the feeling about this season and forwards is it's a good season for forwards. We have lots to choose from. Many of them are, are doing great things. We talked about Callum Wilson at the start of the pod. Harry Kane, despite his one-pointer, has been very consistent. Don't have yep. to even mention Erling Holland. Uh, and, and then you get into this crowded field of uh, sort of impulse. Mitrovic maybe is more in, in the camp of um, consistency, but Jesus and Darwin and Tony and Skamaka, mm-hmm. and there are many forwards where you, uh, you know, you're not like willing them into points, but um, it they just feel very gutsy calls. And Jesus sort of defies what you want out of a fantasy asset in that he is constantly like people will talk about Harry Kane dropping deep. Yep. Kane will drop deep to get involved in the attacking play. Gabriel Jesus is dropping deep to tackle people on his byline. Um, He's (laughs) dropping deep to make goal line (laughs) clearances. Uh, He is all over the pitch. So you could watch Jesus for one match and you'd be like, it's insane to own this guy in fantasy because it seems to me like he is basically just the, uh, you know, Ander Herrera. You remember when there was this famous match where Ander Herrera was meant to mark Eden Hazard on Chelsea and he just harried him the entire match, didn't allow him yeah. to do anything. It was like a, a brilliant performance. His one, Herrera's one brilliant performance in the Premier League. And that's kind of what Jesus does for Arsenal. And, um, for him to walk away from that Nottingham Forest match with the points that he did, I mean, I think it, it would be more likely that he'd have more points. But a big hallmark of his performance against Forest was he couldn't finish to save his life. Yeah. However, he he plays really well. He's integrated in the squad. The points yeah. will come. So it's a uh, it's a risk tolerance thing, perhaps. Or where where are you coming? Uh, out on this argument yeah i mean i dropped i dropped him i I like i mean he was like felt like he was practically like universally owned you know at the at the start of the season and then he almost universally dropped during wild cards i think i think slightly out of frustration i mean there were there were some cheaper uh the metro i mean the the, you know part of the problem is that uh if you want to have players like mo salah and erling holland in your team right you're working off a budget and they're just you have to cut anywhere you can, right? And so if there's a feeling like, oh, I can save a million dropping from from Gabriel Jesus to uh, Mitrovic, I, I I have to do it because I need to actually put together a team, right? Like, you know, I was going to say legally, but like, you know, the, the game's rules sure. require that I field, <laughs> you know, five yeah. midfielders or whatever, right? There's no, I've got to fit somebody in there at some price. So, but then just watching him today, it was like, I mean, you know, there's enough, his misses, they happen frequently enough that it, it is clearly not just like bad luck. Like it, it, there's something about his actual ability to like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like evade the keeper when he's shooting, you sure. know, that yeah. it seems like he should be better at. But I mean, five goals, six assists, um, you know, it, it's kind of, it's actually funny looking at some of this data. It's still weird because, you know, we're 14 matches in, but Arsenal have only played 12 times. Right. So at first I was like, well, like that's not bad for 14 or whatever. Then you're like, it's actually only in 12 matches. So, I mean, you know, he's averaging 5.41 points per start, which is honestly a pretty terrific average at, at 8 million. I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah. so it's, it's, he's really consistent. Like you're saying, it's, 
you know, he's, he's a fun, you know, talked about like, you know, missing your friends and you move across the country or whatever. Like he's like a player that you want to have in your team, right? He's like a fun he's player. He's fun to own. watch. He's fun to watch. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, real, like even like he got really mad at himself for making like a little mistake. And I mean, I know exactly the touchline play you were talking about. He got really mad at himself for making a mistake. And then it was like seconds later, he did like this amazing takeaway, you know, and like, like led this, like, I think he like booted it down to Martinelli or something like that. And it was just like, He's like immediately atoned for it, you know, and it's yeah. it's very interesting. But you can kind of see what ha- like why Pep did what he did, right? Which is that eventually he was like, well, I'm just going to play him on the right, you know, because <laughs> he might just be better as like a, you know, on, uh, like on the wing, you know, where he can kind of do all this great defensive work as well. But yeah. he doesn't have this pressure to actually finish chances. Now, the way Arsenal are set up right now, it doesn't really. I don't want to get too off the fantasy thing here, but it doesn't really matter. It seems like there's enough fluidity in that attack, you know, especially yeah. when Odegaard's playing well, where it's sort of all, the goals will come because there's just gonna be tons and tons of chances, you know, um, for people to, to come in, you know, off the sides and, yeah. and, you know, there's a lot of unselfishness in the middle of that uh, Arsenal midfield right now too. I agree. So I think the FPL takeaway from Jesus is he is a, he's almost like how people talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold and days gone by, just have this guy, and keep hold him for the rest of the season. Uh, and he will come good come game week 38. Sort of like it'll be, there will be rocky patches. Uh, yeah. But the the general consistency and the overall product throughout the course of the season, I think that is going to be true with Jesus. Therefore, I, I would suggest Jesus is going to be quite popular coming out of the World Cup. Now, this is largely dependent on how far Brazil go in the tournament, <laughs> right. which the could monkey, be quite far because yeah, the, they're, exactly. they're, they're heavily yeah. favored the to do wrench. pretty yeah. well. Yeah. But coming out of the World Cup, um, it's almost it's almost for the best, right? Um, I mean, this doesn't really help what I was just saying about him being a popular pick for the World Cup on limited transfers, but it's Brighton, Newcastle, Spurs, Manchester United the first four weeks back from the World Cup, and then it starts getting um, a little more simplified for Arsenal with Everton, Brentford, Aston Villa, um, but his price is—I think Jesus's price is going to probably stick pretty closely, if not exactly to eight million. Maybe he's going to be seven point nine by the time we get to game week twenty-two. But uh, he will one hundred percent be back in my team at some point. If there is an Arsenal double game week announced, I will definitely have Jesus. Definitely. Yeah, I th- he's still, a, I mean, there had to be a lot of ghost teams in here. For anyone who doesn't know that terminology, it's a team that hasn't made a transfer in five weeks, which we think is probably like the, the they've kind of given up on their on their fantasy team or right. created a second one or whatever, um, you know, restarted. Um, but he he's still at 58.7% ownership, which seems extremely like that, that, that I feel like that is not necessarily his representation, like in the top yeah. billion, you know, I feel like yeah. it's a little bit lower just because he had this. Yeah. But I mean, you look at his, he's not actually not been that inconsistent. Um, just, uh, you know, a few too many blanks. He can be kind of frustrating when you, it's almost like it's easier to like him when he's not in your fantasy team, you know, cause he, sure. uh, yeah. All right. Well, well I it's, think it's, that's, a, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like to that point, it's, he comes away with a haul today, but on two assists. And you're like, here you're forward yeah. in my fantasy team. I expect yeah. value from you. Where are the goals? It's not, there's some, there's some bias there on how he's coming to his points, I think. I, I think so too. But I mean, I, I guess at the, you know, by, by the end of the season, if he's on 
12 goals and 15 assists or something like that, then clearly he's justified his, um, yeah, it would you know, be a success fantasy wise yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's go, let's go on to club number two, Man City. Uh, this is a pertinent question, uh, one that I, I'm sure many are, are wondering, perhaps yourself included, Brandon. Yeah. Question is this Will we ever be able to trust Pep Guardiola when it comes to Phil Foden? I What's was really. Tr- <laughs> what is the deal? And I was trying really hard to read the situation when yeah. Phil came onto the pitch uh, um, on Saturday morning. He was being very sort of like I remember there was uh, a free kick situation and Foden was very much trying to be a part of the discussion in that way where he was like active mannerisms where you're like I don't think anybody's listening to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But he's sort of being performatively a team player. Yep. So, you know, this is me coming up with conspiracies in my head. But my sense is with Foden is that he can he continues to not really understand where his place in the club hierarchy is. Yeah. And I that 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 probably is going all according to Pep's plan. Like, I mean, how could you not be pleased if you're Pep with what you've actually gotten out of Phil Foden? Yeah, Foden should be compared to Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho left the Premier League to go to Dortmund in the Bundesliga, and everyone was like, well, this is what Phil Foden should have done. He should have left Man City so he could go get playing time. Yeah. Where are they now? Sancho is a peripheral player at Manchester United, and Phil Foden is is like ever closer to breaking through, to being I part was told- of the... I was told that Sancho does the pass before the pass, Brandon. This is why I, I yeah. was told I wasn't a big enough follower of Man United to understand his, his value to that team. So, well, yeah, know, that was yeah. back when Sancho was actually playing uh, for Manchester <laughs> United, and now he just doesn't get minutes. So I really, really don't even know where to take that criticism or that commentary because, um, you know, I don't know if he's sitting in the right bench spot or not like <laughs> like anyway like fred, yeah, fred is like you're <laughs> sitting in my seat sancho um i think so anyway my, my, I, my point yeah. my point yeah. is is um it's it's pep's world when it comes to foden and foden is just is pep's pet and he gets to do whatever he wants on the whole I think Pep's won because he has probably gotten more than any other manager or club could have gotten out of Phil Foden. Yep. And what is so aggravating is Foden is like so close to being part of a like Neymar, Luis Suarez, uh, Messi triumvirate with De Bruyne, Holland, and Foden. Yep. But it's um, Pep is not quite ready to give him that just yet. It's true, and I, you know, I, I think I think the thing about Foden is that it's a the problem is a fantasy problem more than a like Man City like Pep won't play him problem, right? Because he's 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 playing. You're, I mean, you're right. Like he's not. Like, it's it's funny because this just happened with Saka, right? Where where uh, Arteta had this, um, you know, press conference or whatever. Where he was like, I Saka needs to learn how to play three times a week because that's like what you know all the absolute best players do, right? If he wants to be mm-hmm. on the level of the greatest players in the in this league, then he has to be, you know, he's got to do what you know, Salah and De Bruyne can do or whatever, which is just play mm-hmm. all the time and be, you know, super involved at all times. Uh, yeah. and of course, he g- goes off with an injury, you know, but I, I guess it wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't like a, um, 
uh, like a hamstring, right? It was he was stepped on. So let's, uh, let's assume well, it wasn't but Saka has this. Yeah. He has a pretty um, visible history of like contact injuries, and he true. true. He doesn't take them very well. No, he's, a, he's got a bit of Daniel Sturridge about him. Yeah, it's a concern, but let, let's 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 hope that it's a it's a one off, you know, uh, a one off situation there. So the, I, yes, I agree. But I think in general, I mean, you know, it's like if you look at Foden's, the problem, you know, is that Man City are just, in, in, you know, they're just they're playing so many matches, and they're. I mean, I guess it's no different than some of the other clubs that are the Champions League. But you know, Pep just has a deeper bench, and um, so Foden has played a ton. I mean, even in the Premier League, he's, you know, he's, he's got ten starts and twelve this year. Uh, but he's obviously, you know, but he was he was a sub in the last two, uh, and he was taken off before the 60th minute in two other matches. So, you know, out of out of 12 Man City Premier League matches this season, only only eight of them has he really kind of played past 60, right? Which is sort of what we think of as like a full start, you know, in the you know fantasy wise. So, um, you certainly that's when you get your extra points, you know, the the, the appearance point and the, and the clean sheet bonus if you if you've got it. So, you know, six goals, four assists, 8.5 million, bit of a substitution risk. It's not enough, right? It's it, you know, it's like the aggregate now. It's it's like Riyad Mahrez. You look at the aggregate number at the end of the season, and you're like, well, it's not bad, right? Ten goals, nine yeah. assists, you know, whatever. Uh, but it's like a lot of those are clustered into like the handful of matches where he's, you know, he does a he does a ton, and then otherwise you just don't know if he's going to start at all. And so I, I, for now, I'm putting Foden in the Riyad Mahrez camp, which is just I just don't trust him. I don't want him. He's a little too expensive. And even eight point five is the Mahrez Mahrez price. You know, he's at the Mahrez price. I can't believe I'm going to have uh, Ederson again this season. I'm sure of it. Um, <laughs> and it disgusts me. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's it's crazy that he got nine though, after all the after all you put up with. You know, it's a. Uh, uh, I've got a lot of grievances uh, with a lot of players right now, and I'm glad Festivus is coming uh, quickly. Yeah, because you gotta, you gotta start getting that silver aluminum, whatever the aluminum pole is. That what he? Mm, yeah, yeah, the Festivus it pole. It's going yeah. up, and everyone's going to gather around. And I've got some things to say. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, club number three, Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur, Brandon. I'll, I'll list the mm. whole the whole full name there. Uh, the question I have about Spurs is, will it be Kane or no one? In other words, if you don't have Kane, you just don't have anyone in this squad all season. Because, like, what's, what's going to change, right? Sun's too expensive. Uh, obviously, there'll be exceptions like double game weeks and, and, you know, stuff like that. Or, you know, filling in for an injured player or whatever. But I, I just don't, you know, four clean sheets all season. Perisic is an FPL disaster, right? It's like you just, you can't own him, you know, because he's... Just gets sub, subbed on. You know, he doesn't start. He, it's actually the worst case for a defender, right? Which is that he often doesn't start, and when he does, he gets subbed on with like 15 minutes left to play. You know, it's like the the nightmare for owning a defender yeah. in fantasy. Um, you know, but like maybe Sun turns it around. Kulisevsky had a moment last, you know, last year. He's a little expensive though. Um, so what do you think? He's what do you think about Spurs? He's no, nobody, person, nobody. This team. Conte is starting. Nine defenders, if you include the goalkeeper. It's just <laughs> such an insane disaster of an FPL team. Um, uh, and, and I mean, it's not helped by just some of these. I don't want, I'm not, I'm not going to point the finger at, at Conte um, because players like Sun just aren't really uh, performing up to the level that they should. 
But um, you can kind of see that every goal that Spurs will score is probably on a set piece. And those are just, yeah, sure, like Spurs getting in set piece coaches and all that. And that's really cool that Kane um, (laughs) gets goals at the back post. But they're really hard to replicate, like particularly as teams start reviewing all of the game tape of all these tricky little set piece plays that you have. So I, I, I... I just fear that the goals are going to continue to dry up if Conte continues to set the team out like this. And I agree with you. Fantasy-wise, it just seems like an unownable team apart from Kane. And even Kane and, you know, uh, you know another qualifier of, like, Brandon's sure. coming out of a very sour time. Uh, he's, you know, he's, at a rough, he's in a rough spot, you know? Yeah, yeah. cue the Portishead yeah. song. Um mm-hmm. Uh, but you're just like watching that match. I was like, Kane, right? Yeah, I brought Kane into my wild card. Like, why did I do that? <laughs> I would have what, too. What? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're they're playing Bournemouth at home. Like, what do you you know? It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, but, but like, away. The, 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 I, I can't remember right now. Yeah. I can kind of hear the voices all of way. all the Spurs fans out there. Just like they they're just waiting to win a trophy, and the Conte. He was like a revelation when he came in at yeah. uh, you know in the midst of last season. You're like, well, God, you should have done this a million years ago. Yeah. And the way it looks now is like, well, Spurs are con- going to continue to never win a single piece of silverware uh, with this style like, of just, football. They got to just like go all in in the League Cup or something, right? Just get one. Just like it's yeah. like yeah, you know, just like knock one in, and then and then maybe the rest. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. As a sports fan, I know this feeling, right? It is a it is a very frustrating feeling. It's like uh, I've been th- I've been this way with Michigan State basketball for twenty two years now since they won their last title. I'm like, I just need I need the win. I need the whole thing. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got to give, give me, me another reset. title. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think I think if you're gonna buy anyone other than Kane, it's Eric Dyer. Going back to the whole set piece thing is yeah. he. he he is involved in everything, set pieces, Eric Dyer is, and um, he can occasionally even be called upon to balloon a shot over the crossbar uh, <laughs> Free you know, kick, from 25 yeah. years yeah. now. But, um, I mean, you can occasionally pick up a clean sheet. Ah, that, that's here's, hard, though. Here's because, my final... Yeah, go on. Here's my final thought on Spurs, which is uh, I think that Pierre-Emile Hoiberg should not be allowed to be more than $4.5 million. We, not even five. Like he should just be four point five every year because they've made him five point five, which is ludicrous, right? Unownable mm-hmm. at five point five. But at four point five, he's kind of fun. He's in that tricky. Do you want to start him? It's like Pereira, you know, with with Fulham. It's like do you do you, do you want sure. to play the game or not? You know, he's very involved in the match, and I I want him in my team. He's like like you know again. This is an interesting recurring theme on this week's pod, but he's like a fun player to root for. You know, it's like it's fun to have him in your squad because he's just, you know, he's a dogged defender out yeah. there, you know. He, he gets himself into a, a little bit like Jaka this season. He just gets himself yeah, into attacking spots. he's very Jaka-like. You know, expect mm-hmm. him to. Um, so, yeah, he should be 4.5. There should be a hard cap on, on, on his price. I think that's fair. Yes, it always comes back to the defensive midfielder. And what is FPL doing to, to, uh, to solve this problem? All right, so... That's Spurs. Spurs are kind of in a weird liminal space right yep. now. I, 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 I think I'm happy to have Kane, despite everything that I just said. He does not feel like he's a 
sell him sort of a no, player, but certainly not. Spurs, Spurs are in a short leash right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, just in the, in the immediate short term, um, they, they, they have two home fixtures to, to wrap up the season too. They put Liverpool at home on Sunday, although the way Liverpool are defending, I think that's, I, I would expect Kane to do something in that match and better than Bournemouth away. That's for sure. Yeah. And then, and then Leeds, the Liverpool topper right after that. So, um, <laughs> By the way, I was looking at the table. I like, uh, you know, you got to help me with this joke. Is there a joke here or not, Brandon? But, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, 19th place is Wolves. 20th place is Forest. Wolves and Forest. It feels like there's there's a joke Like a there, little red you know? riding hood sort of a situation? I don't know. You know, we're going to have to workshop it more. But, yeah, I mean, Forest <laughs> okay. are the Reds. I, I don't know. You know, let's let's, let's keep talking Ooh. about it. You know, let's... Uh, okay. Let's get our okay. let's get our team of writers uh, on this thing and see if we if can Steve Cooper showed up at my uh, front door in my little house in the woods. I would be uh, I'd be terrified. No, he would be there to kill you. That's there's no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, uh, club number four, Newcastle, in in the Champions League spot, could actually stay there. Like, I think they could actually get a Champions League spot this season. I do not think that is an insane thing to say any Can longer. Can I get you to recant on anything you've said about Eddie Howe in recent episodes of the podcast? No, I, I don't look backwards, Brandon, only forwards, you know? Got it. it's uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, memories don't mean that much to me, as Elvis Costello said. You know, it's all just let's let's look forward. Memories here, so. don't mean that much to me. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, the Newcastle They're are great. Good, Newcastle Costello. are insanely good right now. What else can you say? Trippier yeah. is probably the most stable asset that has existed in the game in a couple of years. He might end up at like seven million this season, right? Because he wasn't super highly owned at the start, and he's just—he's. Yeah. I think he's at, he's at five point eight now. That's actually that's that's too low. He really should be should be higher than that still. Um, so my question for for Newcastle is is I mean it's it's just sort of a broad one, but you know why do we not all own at least two Newcastle players? I feel like we should we, we you know like I mean obviously yeah. if you if you redid your wild card you you'd have more Newcastle players. And I think, um, I mean, Callum, the truth, Wilson, just, um, that was a blind spot for us. I feel like on last week's pod, we should have been bandying him about more as a, as a possible player for your wildcard team, because he is, 
Um, he's really feeling it right now. The whole team is. And I, you know, I actually think that Almiron playing so well probably frees him up a little bit too, right? Like there's maybe a little, yeah. they have to keep more of an eye on him. Maybe, maybe Wilson's getting a little more space, you know, in the box too. So, um, uh, I think they've been a strange fantasy team in like players who've been playing a long time. A lot of your inherent bias comes packaged with player prices. Callum Wilson at seven and a half million. Your your immediate the immediate question you're addressing with him is is he better than Gabriel Jesus for point five more? And you know that you know if you're if you just crunch the numbers maybe it's an easier question to answer. But um, I feel like on paper, whatever. Um, and then you go on the other side of the coin with Miguel Amaran, who is just you're like he's too cheap. How could he be <laughs> performing this well? Yeah, a and how I've seen him perform in in seasons past and at this this price tag. Yep. So um, I think we're all slowly getting there with Newcastle and coming to understand that you know, it's it's so easy to compare uh, any team that's in full flow to the Leicester City title winning season where you had both Jamie Vardy and Riyad Mahrez who were just so cheaply priced and. Every manager in their own time came to own both of them as soon as they got over various biases and saw, okay, this is clearly repeatable week after week. So Newcastle are on that similar fantasy trajectory. I'm like, okay, now I have no other choice but to be convinced that this Newcastle team is the real deal. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the wild card really did force me to clearly stake out my do you believe Elmeron can repeat this or yeah. are you an are, are you a, a philistine I yeah chose are to you be a philistine. or elmer out you know, <laughs> sure it's, uh, perfectly done well yeah, executed I, th- I think that um it's i am really i think you really said it which is just that it's it's we had to they're priced like a team that barely stayed up last season right and we have to kind of um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, it certainly felt that way at the start of last season and, um, and they're all kind of priced like that still. Right. So, you know, it's sort of, and also just like, we have like a decade of them not really being like a hugely, you know, had the, the one Alan Pardo year, right. Where they finished, I think they finished fifth that season. Remember, like it was like, there was like a three way yeah. kind of run for that fourth champions league spot. And that's when they held all, it was like the French revolution was taking place. Sure. Uh, they're the hot years. Uh, yeah. whatever, whatever the French for Newcastle was uh, nouveau maison. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. you had, um, you had Ben Afra and, um, Papa Cisse. So many, those, are, those are fun teams. <laughs> so fun. Bring, bring them, bring them back. Um, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, we're forgetting like a half dozen, I'm sure. But, sure. um, so I, I think you know there's a there, there's a thing when it, when a club is ascendant even more than the prices right where it's just you have to sort of see them anew and they they bought kind of smartly too it wasn't like they just went out and like bought you know um, the best European talent that money can buy or whatever right it's been sort of like a I don't know like it's they, a lot of guys with, with with Premier League pedigrees you know and sort of I don't know did you I mean did Chris, you notice Chris Wood has ch- changed this team Brandon. Did you notice the chance that Chris Wood had at the end of that match where I think it was Elmeron <laughs> put it on a platter for him? I didn't see. Ugh. Absolutely whiffed on it. And you could see in his face of just like, I, I guess I just have to be happy to be here. He's a part of the I, project, no matter exactly, what part he, he plays. He should be scoring like 
27 goals in the, in, in the, in the championship right now for Burnley. That, that, yeah. that is his destiny. And he walked away. We from should that. be seeing him on uh welcome to Wrexham or whatever that show is. <laughs> yeah, he should exactly. be hanging out with Ollie Palmer, his, his hometown <laughs> club or whatever, wherever that is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well he's, he's Kiwi, right? So yeah, yeah he should be back Zealand, in New Zealand. Yeah. 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 He should be back in New Zealand. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, seven clean sheets in 13 matches. So I think that the defense in particular, it's so cheap, right? And so even if you aren't a fan of doubling up on defenses, um, I have this Botman Trippier double up that I'm doing right now. And I, I, you know, it's, it's worked out well the two times that I've started Botman and I just need to start doing it even more because I feel like I'm, you know, at 4.5 million, you're just getting a ton of value out of their, out of their, so even if, you know, cause Pope is up to five, three, it's a little expensive, but I think maybe the, the end around there is cause if you're listening to this pod, you probably already have trippier, but I think in Dan Byrne or Sven Botman, you, you've got a couple mm-hmm. of um, really cheap options. Yeah. Um, so, and then of course, Wilson and Almiron too are on fire. So I think going, you know, coming out of the break, I mean, Callum Wilson, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he. I, I don't think he's going to get called up to England. But I, I guess maybe if no. he stays on fire, it. it's it's possible. He takes um, the Dominic Calvert-Lewin spot. Shouldn't he? Like, should Dominic <laughs> Calvert-Lewin be going to going or to Qatar Ivan Tony for that matter? Yeah. No, no, Callum Wilson is the them. truth. If England, if England, if, if the truth in the World Cup is that England mm-hmm. is destined to win, then you need the truth there. You know, so yeah. it's. You know, again, that, that also needs to get workshop. But football I, I think, isn't coming home. Football is coming truth, Josh. Yeah, football is coming truth. That's a great. Uh, you know, Newcastle should be running this. Like, I'm like, yeah, they should be putting this up on like, uh, you know, light light fixtures or whatever. And uh, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Newcastle. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on to uh, our next club, which is Manchester United. Uh, it's a question for me to you, Brandon, which is I'm ready to take this team seriously or at least semi-seriously. Uh, who do I buy first? Who's my first buy on this uh, this Manchester United squad? Uh, sure. Let me take you over here, Josh. Take a look at uh, these assets <laughs> that I have. The first one I want to show you is Diego Dello. He uh, had an incredible performance against um, West Ham. Uh, terrific defensively. And he was like all action going forward too. I totally believe him, and uh, I and the price is right. He's like four point seven at this point. Yeah. Yep. So I think he's a perfect grab for. Uh, I would, I would take him. Uh, well, this this is why the Newcastle defensive double up is a little tricky because there are a lot of defenders from Arsenal defenders to Dallow, to Newcastle, that kind of offer a lot. And how many defenders can you actually play? So I think Dallow is at that price where you can sort of without hesitation bench him if if you're not feeling that Manchester United fixture. And then we get to my friend Marcus Rashford. I think uh, Manchester United is sort of like a uh, – if I'm introducing you to these assets to bring into your fantasy side, it's it's always the like marginal upsell before I get you to like the real <laughs> right. the Lamborghinis and the Rolls yeah. Royces. Yeah. These are Manchester United right now, they're starter assets. They're not like yeah. starter, they're they're like, okay, so you're finally ready to buy your your own new car for the first yeah. time. Yeah. It's like Here's the, a Manchester like the- United player. They're like the cars that you and I both bought during the pandemic. You know, it's like, well, what's what can we afford? What's what's out yeah. there? You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Yeah, but they they were smart buys nonetheless, and you'll get a lot <laughs> out of them. Yeah. So I, I Dallo and Rashford uh, really shine. I I was really impressed. The reason I um, 
ultimately committed to bringing Rashford in on my wild card was watching Manchester United's Europa League performance last Thursday where he came in as a, as a sub after mm-hmm. Ronaldo was like struggling all match long. And it was it, Rashford weirdly made it look easy. And I think he he's really back in form after having struggled post uh, injury and uh, European crisis. And I, it's, it's, it's great to see because when Rashford is good, it's fun to watch. Yeah, I, I I mean, it's weird that it's been like several years now since he was at his best, you know, but I, um, yeah, I mean, I was just, I was just pulling up his, I, I was actually looking at Adela because I'd forgotten that he, how long he's been at Man United, that he actually, you know, played a thousand minutes for them back in 2018, 19. Like he had a thousand nine minutes uh, as under, under Jose Mourinho. That feels Jesus. It's okay. hard to remember, you know, it's just, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was the, the Juan Basaka, you know, they, they, they tried to turn him into somebody who could, who could, you know, wait, so Basaka's still at the club. He, he's like never even in the squad. Uh, yeah. He's, man, he's got a, that's money just rotting away in the dressing room. Yeah. He's yellow flagged for a lack of match fitness. You know, that's, that's interesting. Like, I wonder if that's cool. just like, uh, as am I, as am yeah. I, I'm red flagged <laughs> yeah, for a lack of match fitness. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, I think those are, I think those are the two. Let's see what happens with. Uh, I mean, Anthony, I, I'm interested in, but obviously he's, he's injured right now, and that that's a um, that's a post World Cup uh, consideration. We'll see um, mm-hmm. how how they how they. It's he's going. To, he's he'll be going to the World Cup, right? He's. Um, I was, I'm sure he plays for Brazil. Plays uh, for Brazil, right? He he must yeah. be he must be making that team. Um, I, only. I think so, yeah. Only eleven caps for Brazil, but he did that. That is starting in twenty twenty one. So um, I'd be that'd be very surprised if he wasn't playing for them. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next club, Brandon, which is Chelsea. Um, <laughs> okay, this one. Uh, none of these questions are great, Brandon, but um, okay. It, it, the Chelsea question is just: Is there anyone at all worth owning on this squad, fantasy wise? Anyone? They got absolutely blown out of the water by Brighton from minute great. one. Tiago Silva out of for a minute. That's I mean, an amazing <laughs> revenge game, right? Incredible. Yeah, great revenge game. Yeah, um, I don't know if I love to see it um, because I don't really care about either of those teams. But um, he had Kepa. Uh, I mean, Graham <laughs> Potter. I don't feel like Graham Potter deserved that, uh, and I would have liked to, things to remain civil and friendly. I think they were civil, but. Um, <laughs> Tiago Silva uh, got, I mean, that's a career ending match for a lot of defenders. <laughs> he got Chris Smalling out there. Like Tiago Silva yeah. should take like the next flight to Roma as far and as he's I been their best Silva. defender this year, like going before that match. Right. I mean, he's been like saving their bacon, you know, uh, frequently this season. It's What you know, I learned it's... from watching the Brighton match, though, is whenever Tiago Silva is saving Chelsea's bacon, it's probably because he put them in a very bad position to he begin put with. The, oh, so he put the bacon in the oven. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Forgot, it, yeah, forgot yeah, the oven like, was on. Yeah. Hey, just happened to have some bacon in this oven that I uh, randomly turned <laughs> on a couple of days ago. running back in when he sees the smoke coming out of the... Uh, okay, that, that's good to know. <laughs> sure, he is barbecue from G.I. Joe. I <laughs> I mean, it's it doesn't feel like a great team. I mean, the Obama Yang Havertz rotation, Sterling has been awful, uh, and then you've got a lot of wingers who can't quite get into the groove. Pulisic was really bad against Brighton. Uh, it's a disjointed team. They know their priorities. I guess I would say that it's similar to like West Ham. West Ham doing fine in Europe. That's the mandate. They will not get relegated 
what can we do this way? Chelsea, I think they're right to prioritize advancing in the Champions League. They've done that. I think yeah. now they need to stabilize in the league. That's true. I, some of their buys feel weird now, right? Like Koulibaly, I think he's 31 years old. Like it's a, yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah. So I don't know. Like let's, let's just, that that's a, we're punting away Chelsea, possibly Kepa included until December. Let's, um, let's talk about them more later when they're, when they're more fun, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, Reese James should come back at some point. Um, and that, that might change that would help. a little bit. Yeah, that, would help. that would help. All right. Fulham. My question for you about Fulham is one that I have been debating. And honestly, I've been doing this uh, quite well. Um, and the question is, should we be starting Pereira every week? Kind of no matter who he plays. Um, I think it's a complicated question. Um, I, I would say the answer is no. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think so. Only because. Well... Uh, the answer is no if you are not uh, threemium. Like threemium mm-hmm. meaning you've got three premium players and then yep. you've had to go cheaper. In your case, Josh, yep. where you are threemium, I think Pereira plays an important role. Yep. I have uh, I've decided to stack more players who I want to play, who I think I think there are many midfielders who have higher ceilings than Pereira. So the sort of like risk reward thing with Pereira is he's you can start him he's gonna play uh but he's never gonna score more than a lot of these other midfielders on a good day he's a remarkable chance creator though I mean you know I know it's really only Mitro who's kind of there to do much of those chances and Harrison Reed weirdly like uh, I don't know I I feel like uh there, there's some like real reclamation going on right now I know I know like you know you're talking about William I think maybe before we first started the yeah, podcast yeah but, William you know, was an incredible this weekend for two two matches in a row for Fulham William yeah. 100% playing playing to get a spot on that Brazilian squad I think Oh, it's really Fulham across the board really interesting players from that respect like Bobby Decker Dorva Reed mm-hmm is um anthony robinson yeah he looked great tim tim reen like he's always been faulted for club hero in the championship like absolute loser in the premier league i couldn't be more pleased to see tim reem actually having a successful season in the premier League. shouldn't bearhalter consider bringing reem and robinson i mean surely like playing a ton of matches together for fulham would be would help our our defense mm-hmm. there, right? Like I, I don't know. Like it's, uh, yeah. I don't know if I want to go down this this road yet with uh, the U.S. <laughs> I think the team, issue with Reem and the U.S. team is Reem is too old at this point, and the project, such as it is, and I'm not saying I believe in it. I don't. Yeah. Berhalter's project is to build a young squad. Therefore, Robinson fits in. Reem is on his way out. Unfortunately, that's in true. terms of long-term <laughs> projects. He's 35. I didn't realize he was so old. His Wikipedia page, he looks... You've got to go put, look at a Wikipedia real quick, Brandon, because he looks... Okay. He looks 50. Like, he looks like he's, <laughs> like, running up a hill. Like, I don't even know what's going on right here. It's like... Uh, oh, yeah. The doesn't the, look yeah, good. He, I'll say that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Go to Tim Reen's Wikipedia page. If you want to see the dictionary definition of running while in pain... I think that's the yeah, picture that shows that. It should be like a, and Carta should have a photo of that. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, I think that you've, you've said it, which is that in a freemium situation like me, 
I, I really am happy to start him. My, my question for this week is, um, I mean, again, it, it kind of depends on these injuries, but let's, let's say that they both kind of get resolved and I don't have to make any other transfer decisions. Um, I, I am debating whether I start Sven Botman away to Southampton or Andreas. And I guess I'm right now I've got, uh, Botman. And so I don't really like going double defense on the road. Like typically that's just yeah. not a great, yeah. a great move. But I was just saying earlier that I, I just have to actually trust and have some faith in this Newcastle defense. So I, I guess that's, that's where I'm leaning right now. But I think that Andreas, he's first bench spot. I think that he's been, um, I mean, you can make an argument. I've got Ben White on my bench too. You can make an argument for just starting Ben White. Like, I mean, are Chelsea really going to put like f- multiple goals past Arsenal? This, this, <laughs> I don't know. In this match? I don't know. Uh, I, don't I don't know, know. either. I don't know yeah. who's going to do it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Who's going to do it? Yeah, exactly. Aubameyang? Like, uh, I don't think so. So, um, all right. Well, anyway, I, th- I, I guess I, I, you know, the question is almost a way it's like the Pereira appreciation society, like Mitchell gets all the love, but Pereira has been awesome. You couldn't be more excited as a Fulham fan where we lost Fabio Carvalho to Liverpool and you're like, okay, well, we're bringing a, a, a perennial loser for Manchester United into the midfield. Like it went so well when we had a, a Ruben Loftus cheek loan. How is this right. guy going to be any better? And he seamlessly fit into the squad almost like a for what we're, we're tr- how we're trying to play almost like how a, well whatever um it's, no, been it's great. like he's playing it's with fire news. i mean you can see yeah. it right it's like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Th- this is a really fun team i'm really i'm i mean i'm not as big a, I, I like fulham of course i and i'm, yeah. I'm not as big a sport as you but who doesn't nobody dislikes yeah. fulham no and they're yeah they're what they're like what they're like the after work there's some like what are they called in the uk it's like they're like the post it's like all the five o'clockers or something like that it's like there's like a real like their fans all have like normal jobs, you know, <laughs> isn't there some, oh, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, they're every fan's favorite away day would be what they say, but, um, okay. Yeah. Or so that, that, geography, that drink, be... geography, teaching, wine, drinking, cheese board, using uh... <laughs> right. geography teachers. That's what I, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Although, yeah. Uh, yeah. And every fan's favorite away day can be a very, um, damning thing to say sometimes, you know, the, uh, sure. I yeah. assume that means you're probably going to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The like the Eddie head is not every fan's away. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let's let's move on to um, Brighton. Uh, The question with Brighton is, you know, do we have to stop asking the can he keep it up question with uh, with Leandro Trossard? Um, Are we like we always believed in him to a degree? Not enough to actually own him in fantasy, but I I believed in his talent, you know, and. I don't know. What do you think about uh, about Trossard? I don't know. I owned him. I mean, I I got totally trolled by him this season. I owned him and played him and and pinned a certain amount of FPL points to him, and he blew it. Like he blew it hardcore. And then I drop him ahead of a City match. Easy right decision. City and Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, and he goes on and he uh, he destroys back to back goalkeeper clean sheets for me. <laughs> So I mean, and, and I, I think it was clear when Deserby went to Brighton, he looks at that squad and he says, who is legit like my best attacking player? It had to be Trossard. Yeah. I think it was understood that a lot of that attack would depend on how dialed in Trossard is. And I think he's been fits and starts dialed in. Um, I think the jury's still out on what ultimately this Deserby Brighton team looks like consistently. Yeah. So Trossard is, 
Uh, that that said, Trossard fantasy wise is just like obviously at that price point on a team like that, he's delivering what is asked of him. You know, yeah, sp- sp- sporadic points explosions. Yeah, he's the best player on a Europa League level team, which is a pretty good thing to own in fantasy most seasons, right? And so he's like in that Jared Bowen, maybe not Bowen level, because Bowen was so on fire last season. But, you know, like he's the kind of player that you see a lot. Uh, and, and for and it, he's just a harder one for us to get behind. If, if he just joined for the first, if, if this was his first year in the Premier League, I feel like we'd all be like much more excited about it because I think it's year three. Like there's a feeling like, ah, oh, well, we didn't really see this yeah. the first two years. Is this really going to keep, you know, keep happening? Um, I, I, yeah, I think if if your expectations are reasonable, then I think he, I think he certainly can, uh, keep it up. Now, Brand, we finally get to Liverpool. And my question for Liverpool is, is this season Salah accepting maybe just an FPL write-off? Like, do we just have to just pretend they don't exist in fantasy, at least till they play a double game week or something like what? Uh, Are we just destined to keep trying again and again yeah. with this team, just keep bringing in Trent hoping it's finally the time to, to believe in it this year. I didn't see anything in those Forrester uh, Leeds matches, like a single player stand out to be like, gotta have him or yeah. not even, not even the cut and dry. Gotta have him. I didn't see any player where I'm like, you know, chin scratching emoji. Hmm. Gonna, gonna definitely look up some Optus stats on this guy. Yeah. I, they're not, they're not performing in, in any way and, uh, to compel me to invest yeah. well, them in them fantasy-wise. I was surprised you went with Darwin, ultimately, um, on your wild card. I, I, I didn't know that we had talked about him too much when you and I did our uh, Patreon pod this week. And was it just sort of uh, the upside was too great for that Leeds match? Is that is that what sort of yep. got him there? The way you? I viewed the third striker position and uh i i was i was the plan was always to have three forwards two of them were going to be holland and kane and the way i set up the non-de bruyne team was i had enough money to go as high as darwin and it was tony mitro why not darwin and the home match and we talked a lot last week about how home field advantage like more than ever this season seems to be pretty compelling so I just thought Darwin was an interesting free hit by. And what I learned from this wild card was um, no players w- were willing to surprise me. Darwin was exactly <laughs> what we had seen for all the season. He was <laughs> yeah. super unreliable. Uh, you know, the Saka is, is a brittle boy. Um, Kepa is just a stupid loser um i don't know I could... <laughs> okay all right i'll cut you off there you're 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 you're, you're gonna like just dip, dip, but by the end of it you're gonna be like so and so belongs in hell <laughs> uh no it's Maybe. um yeah. tune in for the patreon podcast this later this week i think that um i mean i was just i'm looking at their squad right now i think the real problem is that all of their, I mean, okay, there's, there's probably like, as you've said before, like it could just be like the, the end of the cycle, you know, to a certain degree, like it's a yeah. very similar squad I have not been reshaped very much uh, really in several years. And um, maybe they're starting to feel the effects of that a little bit. Um, but I, the other thing is that the injuries have been 
like the worst places for them to have injuries, right? Like Joel Matip getting injured and then Konate being injured some of the time as well. I, you know, and it just meant that Joe Gomez has had to play and he had like one good match. And then, I mean, obviously he's, just, he's been, you know, pretty bad the last month or so yeah, uh, outside sure. of the, the Man City game, I guess. And um, and then, uh, then Diaz, Jota, and Mane leaving has meant that the left flank is like nothing, right? It's just it's just Rabo sending crosses in, but you know, but without any of the potency because there's no you know Mane over there to to scare everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it means that Mo Salah is the attack, and you know, with Darwin being pretty disappointing, it's just it's just a lot of pressure on Salah and. Um, it's maybe no surprise that he's been a little isolated. I think um, in some ways, maybe we should expect more from him, but also he's not Kevin De Bruyne. He's not a chance creator, you know? And so if he's going to get totally closed down, that is really going to impact his game, right? If he doesn't have any yeah. space. Um, and so I think there is like a way to look at the Sala thing. It's a little more generous um, than than maybe we have been with him. But it doesn't mean he's worth owning in fantasy. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just like, that's like a higher level, like, way to look at Liverpool. Um, you know, so I certainly it's going to take a lot of convincing. I mean, Salah has, you know, the world cup off. So he's probably going to be in a lot of our squads and, you know, come game week 17, because we'll know that he's fresh, you know, I mean, Salah and Holland, he's going to be like, they're going to be like universally owned, you know, <laughs> like why yeah. wouldn't they and, be? Right? And their fixtures coming back from the World Cup are home Leicester at Anfield, first match back from the World Cup. Brentford, uh, Brighton, Chelsea, Wolves, Everton, nice Newcastle. Run. So it's it's a marginally forgiving run for them. Yeah. So maybe we maybe we'll talk ourselves into a you know, if Trent doesn't get called up to the World Cup, I'll probably bite the bullet and have him again too, you know? Um, I mean, it's just hard not to take talented players who have had six weeks of rest while everyone else mm-hmm. was, you know, you know, halfway across the world. Um, all right. So we actually, we were weirdly more optimistic in that section than I was expecting, except for your comments on Kepa, which, uh, you know, that's, uh, I'm going to be reaching out to his press agent to share those, uh, share those quotes. I'm happy to, sh- I'm happy to share them again. If you'd like me to reiterate, uh, <laughs> what I just uh, said, yeah. All right, Crystal Palace, Brennan, I think we knew we knew a new thing on this podcast, okay, that I'm, I'm launching now an hour and 10 minutes into wherever we are right now, which is uh, we need a ban list, okay? We need a, 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 a list of players that are banned that, we will, that we're just like done with in fantasy. We've tried it hundreds of times. It has not uh-huh. worked out, and we're not going to go there again, right? Like for me, Mares is on the ban list. Josh, will, Josh Landon will not own Mares. I don't trust him ever. Okay. Uh, and for you, it sounds like Keppa is, is, is going to be on that ban list He's as well. Yeah. yeah. But I think, can we officially put Zaha on the ban list? <laughs> oh, I don't think I can do that because I don't know. He, he has these moments, um, these streaks. He does. He certainly does. He does. Can you catch him? It's like catching lightning in a bottle. Uh, yes. it's very difficult to do. The Crystal Palace squad as a whole, I think this is why their defense is really the only appealing part of that team is when they play at home, like that's the first caveat, um, against a worse team, second caveat. <laughs> the, the one thing you can guarantee you might see is a, is a proficient defensive display. You cannot guarantee any particular kind of attacking output ever with them. So, yeah, I don't know. Palace is just a weird team right now. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Mark Gahey, thank you for, um, thank you for your clean sheet. You know, thank you for your, thank you for your service this week. I, uh, I needed that, that, that six pointer. Um, yeah, I think that he's, uh, I mean, it's, it's actually, it feeds right into the next club to Brentford, which is, you know, is, is Tony too streaky to be trusted and FPL, but it's, you know, you look at these, at these, at both these players and they're just, you, you can see the double digit returns. You can see, you know, but it's just like, you really have to get it just exactly right. And, yeah. and, and I think Tony, honestly, both of them to a degree, like they're not even like necessarily like flat track bullies where they're like at their best against the worst clubs. You know, they're sort of, they can show up against big, you know, I don't know. So it's like, they're, they're, I think they're, I think these two players are especially hard to, to get it just the right time. Um, and it's yeah. sort of, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe a little like recency bias here, but I think that like, you know, if you can go a little more and you can get into that, uh, Callum Wilson, Gabriel Jesus range, you know, just, a, just a little bit more money than, than Tony, um, you should be doing it because there's just so many more chances like in, in, you know, for those teams and, you know, and, and, and certainly with, uh, with Newcastle as well, you have, um, uh, he's on pens, Callum Wilson, and it feels like that's going to be the source of some extra goals for him this season as well, because, they're just sending so many crosses in. It just feels like the yeah. it's like a potential handball every twenty <laughs> minutes in, in, in these Newcastle games, uh, and so I'd expect more pens from from Wilson as long as he stays healthy this season. Yeah, uh, I just think Tony's got an issue where <clears throat> he can only score when the game comes to him. I don't. I have no memory of Tony creating his own opportunity. Cal Wilson scores lots of goals that are kind of served up to him by his teammates, but I do think that, you know, he has it in him to, you know, if the game's not coming to him to create an opportunity. And I think this is really the yeah. downside of Ivan Tony is, is you remember that, that clip of him, like somebody comes up to him in his car and they're like, Oh, um, do you play football? And he's like, yeah, I play for a club, but you probably never heard of it or something like that. He was like uh-huh. ashamed that he played for Brentford. <laughs> I haven't I, seen this clip. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He seems like a weird guy. Uh, but I think that that kind of comes through in his play too, or he's, uh, he's just not, he's not, he's not creating it. And that's hard. Uh, that makes it even harder for that consistency to come through. Now, Zaha would give him some credit. Like his whole game is creating things True. like if we could combine the two tony Gosh, and yeah. zaha into one player well and tony now does have something. tony does have some of those um gabriel jesus qualities though too where he he'll he'll go back and and like make a tackle and stuff too like i i find tony very easy to actually both them i, I actually love watching tony and and zaha play um they're um the, but they just might be in the category they're more fun to watch from afar than than actually own in your in your team um although i i, I maybe um I don't know. You know, they're, they're just inconsistent. And I, I, it's, it's hard to like, you want to just get it just right with the, with both those two. So that's a, that's like, we've had that discussion for years, Brian. Let's move on to something else. Okay. Here's, okay. here's, yeah, please. let's move on to a more fruitful place, which is uh, whether I can talk you into an Everton defender, Michael Lenko, perhaps Jordan Pickford. What do you think? Pickford talk about guys playing for the world cup. My goodness. Jordan Pickford. <laughs> <laughs> Where did this come from? He doesn't have to play for the World Cup. It's I mean, like it's Lee Dixon all the time here in the U.S. And uh, it's uh, I I don't really understand why Pickford is just the presumed number one, but I guess I don't uh, either. It's, it's just like, like a pro a pro psycho <laughs> team in England. Um, 
He's a great shot stopper. He had a he had some great stops against Fulham and and credit to him. I mean, he would be the player I would get over Mikalenko. I mean, Mikalenko, congratulations on having a decent game, but uh, yeah. can he replicate it? I think he's. I think that guy's pretty, pretty flimsy as far as defenders go. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, Everton are morphing into this sort of Stoke City defensive juggernaut sort of a team. That's how they're going to get their points to survive. How long are Everton fans going to be cool with this, though? I don't know. I mean, it would help if Calvert-Lewin hit like a like nice patch of form, you know, and they sort of were able to combine his goals with this with this defense. As it is, it feels very, very hard for them to score. And that that feels like the bigger issue, right? That they just can't. Um, Every game is just this this yeah. slog where it's like maybe Damari Gray, maybe Anthony Gordon, maybe somebody can make something happen here. But it's it, you know feels very hard to conjure up goals. It is a total a sum total of three clean sheets though for Everton. Talking about them being a defensive juggernaut, it's like okay, congratulations on just yeah. letting one goal in. This is the fantasy <laughs> issue with Everton is. Uh, yeah. Uh, just because the narrative is they're tightened up. like It's not resulting in a lot of fantasy points. They've gotten two clean sheets on the bounce, Palace and Fulham, and I think that's why they're kind of like strong in the conversation right now. But prior to game week 13, it's just one clean sheet on the season. Weirdly against, well, I guess not weirdly, given the discussion we just had about Liverpool, but it was against Liverpool. So, um, yeah, I'm just not feeling this team right now. Yeah, uh, neither am I. But you know, let's let's it's, it's, these these FPL questions are going to get a little trickier, Brandon, as we as we move down to the bottom. <laughs> Prove of the me table wrong. Here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, West Ham have amazing fixtures through January. Is there anyone anyone on West Ham worth taking a chance on? I have not gone down the Jared Bowen road, although his price continues to drop further and further and further. And when he finally drops to about seven point three million, I think I'm finally going to be ready to. To, to yeah. move on him. Uh, everyone else, though, I mean, you, you you tried it with Skamaka. I think you did get a goal out of it. Um, Antonio, obviously, you can't own anymore. Are we ever going to, like, Ben Rama, that's just over? That was just a thing for a while, and now it's done, I guess. One goal, one assist in the season. Ben Rama almost had to do it all himself in the attack uh, against Manchester United today. But no, I don't think it's coming back. And I think he only took that penalty the other week because no other pen takers were on the pitch at that time. But I, yeah. he, he looks good. Though, Air, uh, Cresswell. Cresswell, 4.8, maybe the cheapest that I can remember seeing Cresswell in quite a few seasons. Corner kick taker, uh, you know, overlapping runs. I think Cresswell could be the one player to get here. Yes, I had my dalliance with Skamaka that was like eating uh, uh, food out of, food out of a garbage can for me. Uh, it was unpleasant. <laughs> well, it's, it's 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 tough. I mean, it's like take your pick of a bunch of four point five million guys, none of whom you can really trust in the in the defense, and and then and then there's Bowen. But I mean, you know the. It kind of says it all. I mean, the reason you can't on Bowen is because you look at who else is behind him. 
Uh, I mean, not, not just Skamaka, but I mean, the players behind him in the midfield uh, for West Ham in terms of FPL points, you've got Declan Rice is second, Thomas Suchek is, is third, right? So two central midfielders are, are the next two players to be out there. I mean, just no one is doing anything. And so, right. how you know, you just can't expect. Now, you know, part of that is because, uh, I don't know, Max Cornet was maybe brought in to, to, to do something a little bit. And, uh, you know, Paqueta hasn't uh, been able to really get going. He's injured right now. So, I, you know, maybe maybe we see something change. But, you know, it's just like Sala, I mean, to a, to a smaller degree. I mean, you just can't isolate these 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 guys like these wingers too much or they just they just can't they don't have any space and they just can't they can't do what they do best you know and so yeah. you know when antonio was or you know like last year was when antonio was clicking and playing well that's great for bowen right and then bowen flies in on the right and and you know you know just takes advantage of of opportunity so you know we'll we'll see if that changes i think at the moment uh, uh everton remain a or excuse me west ham remain a, a bit of a stay away brandon that brings us to bournemouth for Bournemouth, I have no questions. Keep the good work. No further questions. Good job, Bournemouth. Good Keep, job. Yeah, we're all rooting for you. Tough, tough loss this weekend. Uh, something, I don't know what ha- how that switch got flipped with them, but it was like a siege by the end. I mean, ever, Spurs just totally took over the final, you know, 30 minutes of that match. Um, and uh, so let's just, let's just move right on, Brandon. Uh, That's fine, yeah. Le- Leeds, uh, should I get over my well-earned dislike for owning Rodrigo? In fantasy, I have done it before, never enjoyed it, but he's been good. I mean, you know, it's like even wrapped around this this shoulder injury that he had. He was good before yeah. that, and he's been good since. I think he's got two and two since he yeah. since he came back. Six total goals on the season. Uh, the top leads points getter by some margin. Jack Harrison is the is the second, and wow. I can't remember a single thing that Jack Harrison has done <laughs> yeah, this season. That's true. <laughs> I mean, all, all my only memories of watching Leeds matches are just uh, Brendan Aronson. Uh, uh, my my fellow FIFA online pro clubs pl- people will know this. Like when you go into a drop in match and some random guy just gets the ball and just decides to run around every here there and everywhere and never pass the ball. It's kind of Brendan Aronson's thing. Um, love the guy, but <laughs> I mean, the problem with Rodrigo, his price is pretty good at 6.3, but who are you going to choose to not have because of Rodrigo? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the question. Like it's at the moment you've got Almiron, you'd, you'd rather have him, right? Who's cheaper. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could look at, uh, like Rashford, you know, like Rashford versus Rodrigo. That's that's an argument, maybe. Um, I mean, Martinelli is is undroppable in my opinion. Uh, maybe Saka. I mean, I don't know. Like we we have this moment now where you know if Saka's out for the next two weeks, then you know there's going to be a run on 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 midfielders in, in fantasy. And you know, let's mm-hmm. see. Leads leads next two fixtures. They've got uh, Bournemouth at home, so they got a good fifteen, and then they've got uh, Spurs away in sixteen. So. I'm, which isn't even that bad, really. So, I mean, you know, you could you could at least consider a Rigo. I mean, this 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 weary tone that I'm using suggests that I will not really be considering You're a Rigo. But he is he is at least you know an option one one that one you could consider. That's positive. That's great. Let's move on. Okay. All right. Uh, Aston Villa. 
uh, again, a little bit like Bournemouth. I, you know, it's not that it's not keep up the good work, but it's just little, I, I want to pass on them because I want to see what an Emery does first. Uh, you know, it's just hard to say what we're going to get out of out of Villa. Let's give it a couple of weeks. I'd be yeah. curious. Like what yeah. good work? Okay, congratulations on sticking your thumb in Steven Gerrard's eye after he was fired by the club and going out there and you know having an emphatic win. I'm sorry, but you all got completely humiliated the following week. So everyone's a loser at Aston Villa right now until <laughs> I'm otherwise notified. Uh, that uh, I it, it feels like a real project, and yeah, I mean they've got Coutinho for what like four more years, so that's like you know that seems great. Yeah, Coutinho for president. Um, Southampton. Here's a, a simple question, Brandon. Uh, will I own a single Southampton player even once this season? Name a Southampton player that's not <laughs> James Ward Prowse. I mean, I you know I have no name one. Oh, uh, serious Shea question. Adams. Name Shea one. Adams. I can name Shea Adams. <laughs> okay, good job. Yeah. <laughs> I would have gone Stuart Armstrong if I were you, but you know I'm more of an Armstrong guy. They, I somehow have watched almost no Southampton this season. I can't explain. I watch so many. I watch so much football, and yet I have barely watch them play it's there's something or maybe i've just forgotten when i watch them or something but like it's i don't want to come off overly harsh here i mean there's there's a lot of but like some of these clubs down here at the bottom of the table are bad in an interesting way you know where they're sort yeah. of like the whole forest project is fascinating to me like 79 players in that squad right you've heard of like almost all of them like sure. you know it's yeah. like can you can you do that can you just take like every player from every relegated club and every 32 yeah. year old they that used to be good, yeah. drop them all on the same team and see if that works. Like probably not, but like, it is sort of interesting to, to watch it happen. Whereas Southampton just feels like it's like, you know, it's like that anchorman thing. Like we've been going to the same party for a decade and that's in no way depressing. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. that's how I feel. It's just like, it's all the same stuff. It's just, it's just Armstrong. Sure. And I mean, I like Ward Prowse, like everybody, but you know, it's just, it's just doesn't, there's no, it's, I mean, it's a little like Villa, honestly. You know, there needs like there's no talisman. There needs to be a talisman in this team. Yeah, the one signing they made uh, was Joe Arriba, who came over from Scotland, and I feel like he's got talismanic quality, okay. um, but he's not been integrated in the squad. Is it? It's in the quote from Usual Suspects: "Is there, they're like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people that he didn't exist." Yes, and I think that's what R Ralph Hassenhutel is doing at Southampton right now. Is just yeah. like you can't see me, and if you can't see me, you can't sack me. <laughs> it's always a good episode for you if you can work in a Hassenhutel dig. I feel like that's uh, I love my digs. Yeah, yeah. We, we maybe when Tino Tino Levermento is is expected to be back in January, and he he was a source of great joy last season for, for Truly. Southampton. So let's yeah. Let's, let's hope that he can do it. He and he and Joe Rebo. The pressure's on, guys. Um, Lester, can we trust this defense again? Castagna at four point six, maybe. And I, I was a little surprised. I guess I didn't realize that they had actually strung together five consecutive clean sheets. That was that like totally just passed. Past, and I, actually, I guess it was four, and then one of them, Castagna, got subbed off before um, before they conceded. So he got the he got the clean sheet. But Castagna had a stretch from game week nine to game week 13, where he had five consecutive clean sheets. I feel like I was in the shower during all this. I don't know what, like I, I, <laughs> I missed this. I missed all uh -huh. of this. Um, I mean, I like him. I've always liked him. And, uh, you know, he's got one goal, two assists. 
those those five clean sheets on the season. He's four point six million. You know, I don't know. Like they have a at this point, I, you almost have to start casting a glance at the matches after um, after yeah. the World Cup, and yeah. they've got a, some pretty decent ones. I mean, they do play Liverpool away um, in late December, but otherwise, I'm seeing you know, Fulham, Forest, Brighton at home, Villa. You know, Newcastle at home, like they're they're you know maybe Newcastle a tricky one now too, but like there's some there's some clean sheetable fixtures there, and he's also cheap enough that you could throw him on your bench. So um, yep. I, I'm glad that I can strike a positive note at the bottom of the table here, Brennan. But I, what do you think about Castagna or anybody in that defense? I'm with you. I think Castagna would be the pick because uh, if you're not going for the attacking upside Leicester defender, why not just commit yourself to starting Danny Ward in goal and using yep. that goalkeeper money elsewhere. So I, I I agree with you on the Castagna pick, and I think he fits as well into your fantasy squad as like us having Crystal Palace center backs right now. Why aren't those guys, either of the, why isn't Gahey or Anderson Castagna? So uh, I think you're right to call it out. I think that's the one storyline fantasy-wise from Leicester right now is that's where points are. They're, they seem to be spreading the attacking points around very randomly. And yeah. I think James Madison has kind of played his way out of the conversation for now. I think so, too. I, I, I just don't don't quite trust him. And uh, I did have to check while you were talking to see if this player named Brunt, who is at the bottom of the Leicester defensive player list, uh, was the, Relation the son. Relation to Chris Brunt? To Chris Brunt. Apparently not. Chris Brunt uh, just became a father, Brandon, in 2008. And uh, that child will only the be math 14, doesn't 14, check 14. out. The math doesn't yeah. check out unless, unless he's unless this Lewis Brunt is fourteen years old. You know, I don't think so. Yeah. So, um, God, there's a guy named Wor- Wormleyton. What a great name! There's a lot of great names on this on this Leicester team. Dewsbury Hall, Wormleyton, very <laughs> English. I really, I really enjoy it. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's let's get back to uh, uh, brass tacks here, Brandon. Um, mm. So we have two more questions. Uh, we end again with wolves and forest. Feels like there's a joke there. We'll we'll talk more about that later. Uh, the question with wolves is uh, why is Adama Traore still there? <laughs> Can you explain that? Why is he there? What's going on? Uh, Just go be a backup well, in like a Champions League squad. Like you know, like go. Isn't that, isn't that his destiny to play 15 minutes, you know, like <laughs> to, to go be the uh, Chupo Motang uh, at Bayern Munich sort of a guy? Yeah, I mean, works for him, right? I don't know. It's weird. I feel like he's attached to some uh, baby oil merchant who only sells wares out of, you That's know, true. the black country. Uh, yeah. and, and he has this sort of devil's pact to keep him around Wolverhampton. That's true. And maybe if he leaves Wolves, there's more press scrutiny and they'll dig more deeply into the idea that he's never lifted weights in his life. Just this claim. That <laughs> yeah, God forbid to. that comes out. <laughs> uh-huh. What will the uh, people say? And finally, that, that brings us to Forrest. Uh, my question for Forrest is, uh, I, I have to admit, not FPL related. Uh, in the benefit of hindsight, does their transfer strategy make any more sense at all to you? <laughs> I mean, the way I hear Forest fans, and and we know many of them by way of our lovely supporters, um, they talk about uh, Steve Cooper the way Fulham fans talked about Jakanovic when he brought us up, of you know, like five years ago. It's sort of like we owe everything to Jakanovic. He transformed how we played and brought mm-hmm. some pride back to the squad. 
And when we got up to the Premier League, it was like, this ain't working. And he got fired. We didn't resolve that situation because we brought in a series of other unqualified managers. But Djokovic has now lost to time. And that's okay. Like, he, he contributed what he contributed to the club at the time. And um, I think the manager, the transfer policy, it's all a bit of a laughingstock from my perspective. I wonder if there was some, you know, some quant or something that got in the head of the forest owner and was like, this is like a unique new way to do this. You know, like this is like, it's like the, you don't need a closer in baseball anymore or something like that, you know? And it's like, you can just, uh, let, let's try to have 55 players, you know, and we'll just, it'll be like, a you know, Royal rumble, you know, uh, in WWF Brandon, where it's just like, eventually there's only going to be, you know, a handful of the 11 guys left in that ring. And they're going to be yeah. the strongest ones. Cause they, you know, had to, you know, knock Ric Flair off the, you know, top rope or whatever. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's not Jake, the snake Roberts is coming for you. You gotta, you know, you gotta be ready. So I think, you know, I, there are, it's, I mean, it, the reason that I am enjoying, as I, as I said a few minutes ago, this, this club is because it's, it, it really is just very satisfying to look at their, um, look at them on the fantasy and the transfer page and just see Willie Bully just hanging out there at the bottom. Hasn't played a minute so far this season. Why is he there? Uh, Richard, is that Micah Richards? Oh, okay. Omar Richards. Okay. I was like, maybe they just signed Micah Richards too. And you've got, you, sure. you, Cheek, Cheek Kuyate came off the pitch today. And I was like, Kuyate's there? Like, what, what did he get there? It's like, it's like throwing like some massive party. And you're like, you're here too? You know, sure. and you're just like walking around, like seeing all Wayne Hennessy? Oh yes. man, Wayne, what's up, man? Is he? I see. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that Wayne is, he was was there. there. Yeah, you've got uh, Mangala, isn't that the? Uh, I don't even know. Different so, Mangala, different not Mangala. the former uh, Man City center. Harry Arter, I don't know. Wasn't he? He was at Bournemouth, right? It's uh, yeah, and then, Fulham, yeah, yeah. And then you've got Emmanuel Denny, who just like you know Watford legend it's it's just you know it's very uh it's it's a lot of fun to look at that team sheet page and so um and i you it's know it's like I'm a panini of, sticker book there needs to be just is, a yes. nottingham forest panini book i know oh man i i am so into the paninis right now with my six-year-old it's a great it's great fun all right well speaking of great fun i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i doubt it was helpful for planning your uh, fpl squad for game week 15 but uh it can't always be Brandon, straight ahead strategy. You know that it's not always. Sure. That you don't always. You don't always want to move in a straight line. It's a very long season, after <laughs> all. So, yeah. uh, but thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, once again, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/AlwaysTreaty. We do two pods each week. We'll be doing one this Thursday. Uh, and uh, Brandon, do you want to thank our producer patrons? I'd love to. Thanks to producers Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddies Chris Howell, the Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon. James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uong, Shiv Morjoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons at FPL Merge, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Velger, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Robert Morals, Roberto Morales, Thomas Tislov, and Noah Louise. 
Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Hell Cheaters. Visit our website, alwayscheating.com, where you can find all this information and so much more. And uh, maybe maybe next week will be better for me, Josh. We'll see. You never know. We'll see. Maybe it could get we'll worse. See. It could, although that that would at least be fun in its own its own way, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I think uh, I think it'll get better, Brennan. I feel I feel confident in that. You know, the wild card always takes a week to to ferment a little bit. You know, so let's let's. let's it does, yeah. Well, it needs a little bit more time in the proving drawer. Yeah, uh, I exactly. think yeah. This is exactly. a bit of a soggy bottom this week, but we will um, we'll crisp it up. Do a. Maybe you should blind bake your wild cards just to fur- <laughs> go further into them. <laughs> blind bake idea. your wild card before you actually put them out there into the yeah. into the playing sphere. All right, Josh. Well, uh, thanks for talking me through it. You're welcome. And I, you reminded me that I have an unwatched episode of that show, too. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, i got to catch up. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And I'll uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.